Alright, g'day community. I'm joined on Talking Fantasy, a really just groundbreaking name for the podcast. We finally got one, Talking Fantasy. Well done. I'm um, talking today with Warney, which you'll know is one of the faces of AFL Fantasy, DT Talk, you name it. He's everywhere. He's one of the kings of fantasy footy. Warney, how are you? And thank you for joining me today. No worries, Lek. I'm pretty good. It's uh, probably a different thing that I'd think I'd be doing uh, in the, well, what are we, the early uh, early April, just wondering, you know, I'd be working out my trades for next week and working out all the content, which is a bit of a different world for us at the moment. Yeah, I would have ruined my team by now and uh, <laughs> <laughs> regretted some trades. I would have traded out premiums that would have been punishing me for it. But uh, so it's a good time, I guess, to get to know some of the people behind the mics and behind the pens behind the computers a little better so that's the whole the whole plan for this is just to talk to people about fantasy footy what they love about what they hate about what they're doing so for the community who i don't know how they couldn't know who you are but some of them (laughs) might not know who you are when you want to just take us through how you're how do you fit into the fantasy footy bubble uh, well, yeah, at the moment, well, people might know that we do some work with the AFL. We're sort of their, I guess, official faces of the game and their content providers. So that's sort of on afl.com.au and throughout their various sort of platforms, whether it's the app or, um, you know, things like the footy record and stuff like that we provide content for. So whether that's podcasts, videos, um, lots of articles and plenty of different things, that's sort of our, our main thing. Um, we still have DT Talk running and um, providing plenty of content there, which is a really fun thing to to be sort of still part of, I guess, and still still having that there for us because it gives us that extra outlet um, that's not so much officially aligned to the AFL where we can have a little bit of extra fun with that sort of stuff and because it's been such a staple, I guess, of, um, of fantasy footy for, well, nearly a decade and a half. This is our 14th year, actually, since um, we started that. So... Um, yeah, it's been a pretty pretty wild ride and pretty interesting ride over that time, sort of starting there and... Um, in a little bedroom type thing and yeah now getting paid by the AFL to do what we were doing for a hobby for a long time for free. <laughs> yeah it's a common theme with these conversations is yeah we started in a bedroom and now we're doing all right. I think not many people I've spoken to are directly aligned with the AFL so well done on that. Um, how did that come about? Did they approach you? Did you know someone? Was it, How did that sort of all unfold? Yeah, so that was, um, well, basically, if we sort of go back to our the origins, I don't know if this is a uh, little Marvel theme type thing or something, but we um, started back in 2007, and that literally started off the back of one of our mates actually started doing a bit of a, a fun comedy blog um, about fantasy footy, so he called that DT Talk, and um, on the old Blogspot platform he had that on, and, um, and then that sort of started to evolve a little bit more and we said oh well we always sat around so Roy Calvin and I lived together um, at the time sort of it was a couple of years into our teaching career and basically we'd been playing um, fantasy footy since it had started and and loving that and um, we often got on the cans which you do when you live together and uh, live in each other's back pockets and that was basically, we probably talked about fantasy footy 90% of our time together, apart from that, or, or the stories from when we going out on the town. That's basically our things. And it was one school holiday night, and it was about 11 p.m. We thought, oh, well, let's, let's film a little video for our mate Joyce's blog. And we popped that up there, and it got a 1,000 views in a week, just us talking some shit about fantasy footy, um, you know, naming up. Oh, episode one is pretty 
cringeworthy, which doesn't exist on YouTube at the moment. That's a private video because um, we'd probably be sacked, really, for um, if anyone <laughs> saw that again to see what was going on. But we'd talk about some of our, you know, our best picks, and it's hilarious to look back at some of those names. I think Jared Brennan was um, my big one that I had at that time, who has been one of the War Dogs fantasy favourites over the years. But um, talking about some of that stuff was hilarious and interesting to see um i remember we looked at it a couple of years ago and and that was when roy had nailed um matt prittis's breakout sort of thing and that was a huge one for him back then in 2007 but we'd sort of been talking about it doing it and then that thousand views in a week thought oh well let's do it each week and then basically we did it every week for every season um well in a sense since then um but yeah like it sort of opened up a few doors Early on, we, we sort of, Joycey, um, with the website, he said, oh, well, you guys can add any other content. We sort of make it, made it more rather than just little, um, you know, the comedy side of stuff. We started doing some advice, you know, looking at our trades of the week, looking at um, our best captain options. And at the time, no one else was doing anything at all. Like, there was the forums all happening. I think Bigfooty was probably the only real go-to place. Um, do know at the time... Um, at the time, Monty had his podcast going. So that was the only other little bit of fantasy footy media there. So we probably started at a good time when no one else was doing anything. And I think um, where I guess our our wins have been from that is that we are three best mates. And um, I think probably in our teaching jobs, we, we know how to put on a bit of a show because at the end of the day, teaching's all about uh, pretending to know what you're talking about and uh, having a bit of uh, fun with that. So I think that's something that we did at the start that, um, that really sort of connected with some people. And so then that sort of flowed on. We had um, a couple of little paid gigs. So Pete at um, Virtual Sports or Vapor Media, they um, got us on board to provide some content for the Dream Team game and Supercoach through the, the paid subscription stuff. And that would have been probably about 08, 09-ish. And we did a good couple of years of that. And then basically, it, well, it must have been about 20... Well, around that time, I think a lot of the AFL content was just done by a journo and you could pretty much tell they were just given this as part of their portfolio and they, A, didn't know a lot about what they were talking about and they'd be called out all the time on social media for uh, the poor um, content that it was, um, slash advice, slash whatever else it was. But also that we were sort of doing this and our profile was building a lot and I think a lot of people really loved engaging with us and what we were doing because it, I think, not that it's ever been part of what we try to do, I think we've kept it very keep it real and kept it natural <laughs> all the way through. But it's like we just are uh, the three blokes you can sit down at the pub and talk some rubbish with about fantasy footy. And that's what I think has been a winner for that that has helped people be connected with the game because the community is what it's all about. And we're no different to anyone else that's playing the game. We take it as seriously, even right now, we still take it as seriously as everyone else Um as you do in your leagues and with your mates and all that sort of stuff along the way. So, um, yeah, we sort of got some opportunities. Then basically there was a lot of knocking on the door by other fans and even us to some extent because we had a, had a few sort of little ins with some people at the AFL that had got us to do a couple of things along the way. And then, yeah, eventually, so it must have been 2014 was our first official season with them. Um, so sort of in the 12 months before that, we're sort of working towards, um, yeah, becoming or jumping on board with the AFL and, and doing their thing, which was a bit of a dream come, tr dream come true for us. Not that we sort of had set out from the start to had, had d done things like that, like that, that was the end goal. And um, I think the thing was that if we can get a couple of free beers out of it, that's what, 
always our goal was with anything if we can get stuff and you know we and we have done that like bogues and throwers cartons to be drinking those on our shows and we're just thinking how good is this we'd have a um one day i actually had 10 cartons delivered at school so at work had 10 cartons delivered (laughs) to the main office and it was just hilarious and we're just like oh this is amazing um and so we just sit there and drink beer and talk some rubbish and um I think that's all those little things that popped up along the way. We've been invited into the birdcage at the races and stuff like that. We're just going, what the hell is our life about? And we're just all cool with that. Then the AFL job sort of came along and it became, well, I guess some security with the money. And if that hadn't have been there, I don't know how much longer we could have gone with a little hobby as you as you get older, as your um as your lives start changing sort of around that time, that's when Roy and Calvin had their first kids. And so that would have put a, a fair handbrake on something that um, wasn't getting us any dollars kind of thing. Now that it does, it allows us to, you know, dedicate that time, We've gone part-time teaching so that we can get our content done and all of that sort of thing along the way. So yeah, that's where that all started from. And then, yeah, so this is now our seventh year with the AFL, which has all been pretty fun. And that keeps evolving every year as we go through. Did, when you moved over to be, well, when you partnered, became the face of AFL Fantasy officially, did the did you feel any change in the community or the way you were perceived or did you just continue to grow because you were, had more exposure to more people? Well, there was a little bit. I think there's, I think it's the, and I don't like to use this, the um, tall poppy thing, but it's almost like we sort of sold out, a lot of people might have thought along the way. Um, the worst part of that was that it was a time, and we didn't know this at the time either when we sort of had signed up, is that that's when the split went from Vapor Media to Fan Hub um, and, the, and the platform had changed. And there was a, well, fair to say a few teething issues with that, which we sort of uh, copped the full brunt of when you're taking over the social media accounts of the official ones with the blue ticks there and you're, you're trying to do all the right things with that. And, um, yeah, it was a pretty challenging time for us with that because we sort of copped it for that as well Mm. um and so that's the thing and but generally it's been great and i think really we have um and this is another wanky term i suppose we have stayed true to ourselves like probably the the things that we aren't doing uh obvious type things like we're probably not smacking down the cans that we used to um not dropping the f-bombs like we used to do and maybe some of the more inappropriate uh things that we used to do part of videos and things that's not there but i still think that we without you know pushing the button too much i still think we have a lot of fun and and you know still take the piss and have stayed true to ourselves and so i think people know that and just how we i guess if anything we've probably gained um a bit more respect from people along the way in the sense of that we do have a crack we know what we're talking about we um because that's something we always have like we're not going to call ourselves experts we always use that anytime with uh with inverted commas just to uh, almost a piss take that it is but we know what we're talking about we know how to play the game we just uh we still make the same mistakes everyone else does and um as we all do like you know you might have love for daniel rich and sometimes <laughs> maybe you may not uh, live up to the potential that you thought but you know that's all part of the fun and part of the game as well and i think that's what we we do definitely um i think that we keep embracing as it is, like, at the end of the day, you know, we've had some really positive results in our times. You know, Roy's probably been top 200 uh, at least half a dozen times over the last um, 10 to 15 years or so of what we've been doing things. Uh, I had a, a 13th finish overall in fantasy or dream team back in 
yeah, that's over a decade ago now. So I probably that can be erased. But you know, we've had those top top few top couple of hundred finishes between us. Um, so we're not completely nuffies with all of that. And you know, even across the other game and over with you in Supercoach, I was I think about. Five years ago, I was 45th overall, which was a pretty uh, That's really decent good. <laughs> achievement. So, like, in that sort of stuff, we've got to know what we're doing. I've put it out there. I do play Supercoach still, but it's literally just to be in a um, in a cash league. And so it's almost the different way that I play the game now too because I'm thinking about a league win rather than yeah. trying for overall as we try to do with most of the fantasy footy that we do. We just, we're trying to maximise points each and every week to try to get ourselves um, as high in the rankings because part of that, that's what people see. No one gives a crap if I win my league. Um, it's all about the the, um, the credibility of ranking as high as you can. But, um, yeah, so that's, um, that's an interesting sort of part of it when you're thinking about we're still playing this, competing against everyone. But at the end of the day now, there's not really any secrets with that anymore either that's um that's something that's changed a lot over the time as well so yeah i'm just disappointed super coach stats you can look back look at your rank but it only goes back to about 2014 and i've been pretty shit since then <laughs> so yeah. like all my best seasons were uh when i just started doing stuff for jockreynolds.com.au um all my that's why they got me in because i like i was pretty good at it back then but the more time you put into the content and getting the website going it's like i don't have as much time to do my team and now everyone looks up my team they're like you're shit i'm like well yeah but i've also got to try and be funny with some of my selections so, yeah you know. i'm totally with you on that it's a really interesting thing is that um there's the one side of it that we're producing all this content and and you feel like you're you know finding some really good things and all that but you look at so many different players and you spend so much time helping others that you probably don't spend, you know, the amount of time that you really need to on your own side to make it as good as it could be. But the other side of it too is that, that how many players do you think you've honestly looked into in the last six months? Surely, you know, it'd have to be over 200 that I've seriously yeah, looked at as options in our team. Um, and, you know, not all 200 are going to be serious, serious options, but you've looked at them so hard and you could make a case. I think that's one of the things you always... You're a little bit of a glass half full person with fantasy footy. You're always trying to look at, yeah, what's the upside in this guy? And um, sometimes it can be a little bit or a lot too much, especially when you get a little bit stuck into your bubble of that. Um, and two, a bit of it for us as well is because we uh, live in each other's pockets and not so much now that we all have our own um, houses and uh, we aren't, and you know, we've got our housemates that are actually partners now rather than um, each other. But that's, um, that's one of those things that we have a bit of groupthink and it does change your thinking on a lot of things too. So in a sense, sometimes when we, um, when we go down, we all go down together because we've all made similar bad choices. But hopefully sometimes I think that with our teams and with our advice that we're taking a few others with us so it's not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a very strict uh, do as we say, not as we do policy at jockreynolds.com.au because, uh, yeah, I think I'm very smart when it comes to tactics. However, I will not employ those tactics because I'll have a gut <laughs> feel that on the day I'll be like, you know what? I'm not backing in the plan I had all preseason for the last five minutes, uh, last five months. I'm changing it to something I just thought of. Oh, my season's kaput already, but you know. Which is what those last couple of lockouts uh, do to us, don't they? Those last couple of days in that lockout week. It does mess with our head. Uh, I had the full. I had my all preseason. I had the 
six deep in the midfield lineup, mid uh, mid prices because I was worried the season would be shortened. No yep. Max Gorn, Sam Naismith locked in, get that cash, upgrade everywhere else. At the last minute, I let everyone talk me into bringing in Gorn, and well, he got outscored in super he out, in the super coach by Naismith by about forty or fifty <laughs> points. So, and if that's the only round we've got to prove it, then I look like a bit of a duffer. Yeah, we all do, and that's the thing. We, um, I think one of the worst parts of that last week is when you go, oh, I've got this little bit of cash, and then some other random name pops up, and you just go, I've not actually thought of them at all, and they're in there. And that's, while well, I'm an Essendon supporter, Darcy Parrish I, I like, and I think that he had a lot of upside. He absolutely flunked it round one. Um, just minimal time on ground was his biggest issue, apart from the fact that he was allergic to the ball. And that has, that's the thing that I will call derail my season from the get-go, because when that's one of those first games of the round as well, you know, that was the first Saturday afternoon game, you're just going, geez, I've, uh, I'm off to a slow start here. Yeah, <laughs> you just you know how hard it is to claw your way back. Yeah, exactly. So right, we got the buy rounds. I'll get back in the buy rounds. I'll get back in the buy rounds. I That's never what we do. do. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that? Well, you mentioned obviously you get you do get paid, and you you've been able to go uh, part time teaching, which I think's amazing. Um, congrats! It's uh, a good feeling. Yeah, how? Does fantasy footy impact the rest of your life, or are you able to because you get have less time at a uh, nine to five sort of traditional job? Are you yeah. able to still balance your life really well? No, it's <laughs> the short answer of that. Fantasy footy rules my life all of the time, I guess. Um, so, uh, like putting it out there, I've gone to three days a week teaching, but that's. mostly because um, I've got a three-year-old now and so I get to spend time with her during the week and obviously with a a job like the the fantasy footy stuff on the side is that that can be done at night times. So, um, you know, get her to bed and tot out an article or um, things like that. But we kind of try to dedicate one day a week to getting content done. So that's when we'd record our podcasts and stuff like that and, and try to make that all work. And, you know, financially we can tick the box of that. You take a bit of a hit because I'm I'm trying to uh, be a really good dad as well um, and then have the time for that. But, um, yeah, so it does dictate that because it's not – you can't just say, oh, well, I'm getting paid to – that I can be a fantasy coach for a day. I'm doing stuff every single day of the week and that's, you know, in other times. So it might be that I'm up half an hour earlier in the morning to get some things done. Um, One of the things I think that has grown a lot over the time, and I guess anything I do, I take pride in what I do. I want to do a really good job of it, whether that is teaching um, or obviously this fantasy stuff. Like Things like the social media stuff has grown so much over that time and, um, and just getting the content ready and the amount of scheduled tweets and stuff that I um, get sort of ready to go in the mornings, often do a lot of that stuff, whether it's a little bit of image editing or things like that to make sure that's all, so things are ticking over. But also, and I hope the boss isn't listening to this, but you're sort of keeping an eye on things as well, like especially in the season when when news comes through. Injury news, of course, is a, is a big one for fantasy coach. You want to be on the ball with that. Um, things like that. But that's something that probably, yeah, I'm working every single day of the week, especially during the footy season, even in the pre-season too. We start working fairly hard from the start of December. Um, So all the way through there, we we pump out a lot of info. But as teachers, we get our nice big holidays over summer. So that allows us to do stuff sort of in our own time 
um, as it is there. But once the season does start, we do a fair bit of work outside, but it does become a routine as well. So it might be that, you know, you do a little bit in the morning, um, might look at a couple of things straight after work. Um, then if there's an article to be written, that's often done after I put the big demon into bed and things like that. And she's, uh, but then she'll often top down the hallway and come and see me and want an extra cuddle. So it has <laughs> taken a little bit of a, um, a little, it's been a little bit harder in that sense too. But, um, yeah, it does rule my life because I, um, it, as I say to Jo and my partner Jo, she's like, it, I could have a much worse hobby to have. That's the thing. I'm, yeah. I'm doing um, I'm doing it. I'm at home a lot. Um, I'm, you know, we do get out a little bit, but we... Um, but I'm at home. I'm able to do all the all the things around the house and um, and be a good dad. I hope and and probably not the best partner in the world at times, especially if I'm having a shit weekend with my fantasy team because it does affect your emotions a little bit too much. Which um, which is funny because it, this fantasy footy job affects my emotions much more than um, my teaching job. When you know a kid might be uh, telling me to get effed or those sorts of things, where for some people that's that they can be hit pretty hard with that. I'm hit much harder when I've got a Stephen Canelio who did his knee on a yeah. zero, that yeah. sort of thing. I'll be more <laughs> devastated about that than the, Flashbacks. the kid that's, the kid that's um, you know, pulled out a knife or something like that in the hallway. <laughs> like, I'll just be, yep, no. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I take a little bit more to heart fantasy footy than my, my teaching job, which is probably a good or a bad thing. But, yeah, it, it's there and I guess, um, yeah, it's, it's always there, but it's fun. And that's what we do it for. Like, you know, if it wasn't fun, we're not getting paid enough for it to be a job job like that. So, um, you know, it's it's still fun and it's that's what we're all about. And I'm doing it with two of my two best mates, basically. So it's almost another excuse to say it's just a chance to hang out with Roy and Cow, um, whether it is over a beer or, or something to talk about, which I think generally for most people, that's what fantasy footy is. Like, it's the way to connect with your mates and... You know, our leagues that we have, we've been running for, you know, well, for, it's probably getting close to 20 years, our main one, um, because we were sort of at uni when we were doing that and um, and that's how we connect. Like, we've got mates that are up in Queensland and so when you play them that week, you, you get in touch with them and so that's a that's the sort of thing that does connect people and, and we're no different to that. While we call it a bit of a job or a part-time job or whatever, this is... Um, it's still exactly what it was when we started and, and the core of it is about fun. It's about talking shit with your mates and, and yeah, just it's another outlet and a hobby at the end of the day. It's a good hobby to have. Um, I don't know if my partner will agree with that, but it is a good hobby to have, I think. <laughs> when you're in the middle of a season, you, your team's going badly, and well, in my case, that's often what's happening. <laughs> does... does Committing so much time and energy into fantasy footy, does it take away from the game itself for you or are they two separate things? Oh, yeah, that's a very interesting question. I think, um, well, that's one of the positives I can say about AFL Fantasy is that with our AFL Fantasy Classic is with two trades per week, you can always feel like you can fix your team in a way, even though in reality that's not the case. You always feel like you've got something to do, which is probably one of the, um, while it's, it was a very controversial thing and it still is and um, a chance for a lot of uh, super coach diehards to take the piss out of AFL fantasy, it helps people be engaged with the game a lot more. And I think um, the more I understand 
I guess, the business side of it, I suppose, is that that's what we do. Like, it's all about um, engagement and having something to do and be part of. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting question in the sense that it's content. If we are going shit, it's still fun because you're getting, and it may not feel fun at the time or whatever, but the piss-taking is what I think is part of everything that we've been about for the 14 years that we've been doing it. But um, it all, it swings and roundabouts as well. Like it might be my year this year to be shit and, you know, I'm the laughing stock, but there's things that come out of it and whether it's for the content on the podcast each week or, or just the fun that you have over social, um, that's the sort of, I think, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting one. There are times in the middle of the season though, it does get you down and you're probably going, Thank God we're getting paid for this, but um, but still, at the end of the day, it's a game as well that we still sit down and talk some shit over a beer with. So I think, yeah, at the for Roy, he does get a little bit more stressed out than I do over <laughs> those sorts of things. He actually takes it very personally and really affects his moods, and yes, it affects my moods as well. But Roy's the uh, the prototype of someone that um, does take it very very seriously, and really his. Uh, his family do know that each time that he's having a bad round because I'll talk to his wife and she'll uh, know that he's had a bad week um, with the way that he's getting around the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> when you're watching the Don, you're, you're an Essendon man. When you're watching them play, are you watching the game or are you watching the stats? Uh, yeah, of late, I'm watching the stats more um, because I'm, I haven't had a lot of uh, great stuff going with the Bombers. But well, no, you're still... talking to a Carlton supporter, yeah. so. <laughs> And the only, I guess the worst thing is there's not a lot of bombers that um, I've been looking at or had in my fantasy teams over the recent years either. That's sort of a thing that um, sits there for you as well. It's always nice when you've got players from your own team and at least you've got Paddy Cripps you can watch each week. We've got Doherty back this year, um, all those sorts of things. You can look at those guys, but there's not a lot for Essendon that um, gets me up and about. And I tried to have that this year with Darcy Parrish and... That's the thing that's going to sit me sit with me this whole uh, suspension is that I've got that bloke in my team that was absolutely putrid week one, so uh, that one hurts. But yeah, no, I still watch Essendon and cheer harder for that. But you do give that little sly fist bump if one of your players is racking up against um, your own team. But realistically, I probably care more about my fantasy team than the Bombers at the moment, only because I know that they're not really uh, knocking on the door of a premiership at the minute. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that you you haven't had many bombers to sort of select because I do this thing on this podcast I ask whoever I'm talking to well, who their favorite fantasy selection of all time is and I like to talk about my favorite selection from their team their team of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back so far and I just couldn't really find an Essendon player that I remember selecting and being like super happy with. When the drug saga happened, there was yeah, um, yeah. there was a few bunch of cheapies that sort of came into the fold, and they've had some good rookies. But like, I had to go really far back to find um, someone that I that I w- thought warranted discussion. So we may as well talk about that now. Do you have someone that jumps off the page? Not necessarily an Essendon player, but as yeah. your all time selection. Yeah, if it was a bomber, it would have had to have been a rookie. You know, like you even think back. A decade, a decade or so ago, Dyson Heppel or whatever coming through because he had defender status straight up, I think, um, if memory serves me correct. But, yeah, no bombers. But oh, I think for me it's those ones where 
you just love to watch each week because they do um, they do just rack up big scores. And so for me, I think the original fantasy pig, as we dubbed him back in about 2011, was uh, was Dane Swan. And having him in your side, you just felt so good having him. Um, because of the way that he played, and he knows fantasy footy, and I think uh, a lot of people might actually realise that he did play a bit of fantasy footy back in the day, and he would just know, like he would run to the back line in junk time and would just rack up those extra plus six marking kicks all the time. And, and there's a few players out there that you do know um, play that play fantasy footy, and you see that the way they go about it, like, our old mate Heath Shaw is a perfect example. He <laughs> yeah. knows exactly that he was getting three extra points for playing on out of the goal square. And, you know, he actually said it to us in an interview one day. So um, those types of things are pretty um, – they're nice ones to have. But Dane Swan's my favourite of all time. And, and the little fantasy pig thing is something that's very much taken um, – been a ve- taken off, really, and it's a big fun thing to have. And so Rocky at his peak was always so epic to have because there was always that – the nerves about – things can go wrong with Rocky. So whenever you own him, and I still do, I think every single year I still own him and then end up trading him out once, if not twice, every uh, every game, but every year. But um, he's just a nice one to have because you just know that they can go from, well, I was going to say zero to 100, but, like, you know, they could take an 80 to 120 in no time and you'd love just watching that and, and having that in your side. And I think it's the... The little thing when you've got guys like that, and this was always the thing with Swanee, is that he was our walk-up captain and he would be able to just pig out. And it was before we'd see all these huge monster scores. He was right up there just oh, beasting week in, week out and was able to do that. And, you know, his Brownlow medal year was something special. But, he, yeah, when he was sort of the first player ever to average more than 130 fantasy points and... Um, that that holds a special part in my heart. Yeah, he's was an absolute gun and uh, had forward eligibility at times during Supercoach and I'm sure AFL Fantasy and mm. like just oh he just it was a like a lock. It was like him Gary Ablett. You just lock him and don't worry about the rest of it. My favourite and this is an Essendon player and I had to really dig through the mem- <laughs> the old memory banks to work out which ones I had over the time and this is a pretty boring pick. But in 2012, if you didn't have Joe Watson uh, yeah, in yeah. your team, uh, you were done for. Averaged 121, played all 22 games, won a Brownlow and then didn't. But He still like, has it. He still has it. Yeah, no, yeah, he doesn't know where it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it went missing. But it was an absolute beast and, uh, you know, he, he was captain worthy that year. Heaps of 140 pluses. So he's probably my favourite bomber selection outside of... Yes, a Dyson Heppel or a Anthony McDonald, Tippin Woody, or one of those cheaper dudes. But yeah, yeah. The other, the other bomber that was a winner was um, was uh, Michael Hibbard for his consistency oh, yes. over about two or three years. He literally, and this is the fantasy numbers, um, he literally scored between eighty five and ninety five every week for you know a fifteen week patch or something like that. And that's just what he did. He was just super consistent. Didn't have a high ceiling or anything, but his floor was as um well as high. His floor was as high as possible because it was just um he was an amazing player for that that consistency. And we got him as a bargain as well. You know, he was on that list of those mature age picks as well that we we liked about that sort of stuff. And he he came in and he was a great fantasy player. Since then he's been pretty average, especially 
in his years at Melbourne, but he did have a good game uh, round one, so he might be another one that pops up on the radar as well as a, uh, a potential pick this year because all of those mid-price picks, we, uh, they're the ones that are winning so far in Fantasy Footy 2020, whatever this year is, Corona Ball, as the draft doctors like to call it. Yeah, hashtag Corona Ball. <laughs> yeah, Hibbard's, Hibbard's an interesting one. He, um, I, I was, My favourite players of all time are the... Super coach players of all time are the super consistent, low standard deviation, Corey mm. Enright's type players. And he was that for a while, but uh, 2018 burnt the shit out of me, averaged 73.4. <laughs> I couldn't trade him at any point. He was stuck in my team the whole year and then he got injured and then I was just like, I'll never, I hate him. So unfortunately, he, that he has burned that and I forgot that he was a good selection until you just said that. So We like to, we like to think of some of these players of the past that we have loved and then they do come and burn us. A lot <laughs> later on. <laughs> this is a question you might not have an answer for, given the current circumstances. But where would you? What would you like? Where would you like to see fantasy football go in Australia as a culture? Like I, we've seen, obviously, there's two big dogs. There's AFL Fantasy and Supercoach. We've seen all the daily fantasy. Is there anything you'd like to see involved, or just the continued growth of the community? I don't need to put words in your mouth, but yeah, oh, well, the continued growth is what we all want, and you know, like obviously, uh, we are the competitors to Supercoach, and would like to bridge that gap if that's a possibility and that sort of thing. But I think for me, it's the draft side of things that I'd love to um, see improved, not only for all the platforms that are out there, but hoping that our platform can improve a lot and add the customization that an ultimate footy has. Like that's something that I'd love to see. But I think bringing it back to that sort of stuff, people get excited by these big prizes and all that sort of stuff all the way along. You know, that's the selling point of playing fantasy. But the real reason that we want to play and we should be playing is basically taking on your mates and draft is the best way to do that. And so there's nothing better than a draft day or draft night or draft weekend or however you want to set that up to get it started. And there's probably not a better way in any of the forms of fantasy footy than to um, to bond with your mates as well. So that's where draft becomes something pretty special and that's what I'd like to see grow and I think that is is the place that it is growing because we are a long way behind um in, in essence like in the states that's what fantasy footy is and still is and forever will be they're kind of seeing that come the other way with their explosion of daily fantasy which is salary cap based stuff in most of its form um so they're sort of seeing that in an opposite way whereas we're we're backwards in that that you know the the salary cap is where we start our fantasy footy journey and then people start working out draft and start enjoying that as well. But I'd love to see that firstly improve, but definitely grow and have more people there because the content around that stuff is really fun as well. I think um, draft is a really great format of fantasy footy and it's what I enjoy the most when I'm playing against my mates. So, yeah, that's what I'd like to see improve a lot more and, and the profile of it grow a lot more in the fantasy footy community. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's. I look forward more to my draft leagues now than I do my salary cap league. Um, and guys like we'd mentioned them before, draft doctors do just such Legends. a killer job. Like yep. their platform and their content is so such of such a high quality that it just elevates the game. And I'm in a couple of dynasty keeper leagues. One in ultimate f- um, 
Ultimate Footy, one in Supercoach that's managed off the Supercoach site. Mm. And yeah, for me, the the big improvement I would love to see is the same as you, both on AFL Fantasy and Supercoach, just the customization platforms. Because if we could house all the stuff we do on those platforms, it would make life a lot easier. A lot yeah. easier. Not having to run those spreadsheets offside, that's, um, that's something that would be a nice thing to do. But I guess... One of the hard things, and sort of, not, I wouldn't call it being privy to info, is that you go the cost of doing a lot of that stuff for the numbers that we yeah. have playing. That's that's the issue. But you know, it's a bit of a um, chicken and egg type thing. If it is improved, will more people do it and make it worthwhile along the way? So yeah, it is it is a tough one, but it's definitely um, something that needs to be invested into to make that better. Even if it is, um, you know, the keeper league side of things and if that can start being better than what it is now, but as a start, and then it can keep evolving over time with what people want, that's something that um, should be a big priority that I feel definitely for AFL Fantasy, and that's something I've been um, really putting out there and just and letting it be the best platform possible. Yeah, and if you've got the best platform, people, it's well, in my opinion, it's going to attract more people. If, if AFL Fantasy had the best draft platform, I'd be on it using the draft platform. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But at the moment, it's Ultimate Footy that, that draws most of my attention. One last one before we sort of wrap things up. I think we've been going for a little while now. I have a lot of people who listen to the website or listen to the podcast, visit the website, uh, sort of starting out, hey, I want to make a Facebook page or whatever. I want to write content. Where do I start? And I... I used to be hesitant to give this sort of advice because it was kind of a hostile... It felt like a couple of years ago it was a bit of a hostile environment where everyone was hating on each other and our page is better than your page. But I think that... I think everyone's sort of relaxed more, particularly this year, and everyone's friends and happy to help out each other. So do you have any advice for people who want to start out doing content? Um, my advice is always you can only start by starting. Do you have anything more insightful than that? Yeah, I think probably the big thing for me is um, having unique content. I think everyone, um, and I guess that's where, I, in a way, we were lucky being sort of the first guys doing this and, and not that, you know, you go on trademark it or whatever, but, you know, Calvin's Captains has been a staple since 2007 kind of thing, and that's been something he's done all the time. And, yes, it's not rocket science to have an article of picking your best captain players, but maybe put a bit of a twist on things and making it your own. So that's the sort of stuff that I would sort of advise and, and finding your little place in there, not just sort of regurgitating the same information that you're seeing in a lot of places because you're not going to get, in a way, a leg up if you're... Um, the new kid on the block doing that. So, yeah, try to find some unique ways of doing stuff. But probably the biggest one is ways of engaging the community, and that's that's what you want to see. You want people to be wanting to contribute in ways, and that's what I've always wanted to do. And, like, we, we've pumped out over the years, over our 14 years, is a ridiculous amount of content, um, and we're always learning and we're always trying to evolve with what's happening so um like for example our video started as little 10 minute youtube videos because back in the day when we started you could only post a maximum of 10 minutes on youtube um whereas you know we all wanted more and so then about five years into that probably oh it's probably about 2010 ish we started doing our thursday night show which was just a live hour stream and that was really good fun because i think that's where things sort of changed for us a bit to to get a bit looser, I suppose, like our YouTube videos were loose early in the day, but being a live thing, and that's where I really enjoy working, and that's, I think, where our podcasts 
feel like they're live because, you know, we don't edit them at all. We just literally hit record, add in an intro and an outro or however that's going to work and, and post it. But, um, yeah, finding ways to evolve with what's working for people. Now I'm starting to get a bit of an old man and I'm losing um, touch with some of the <laughs> things out there. Like this is – well, this will probably almost show my age a little bit, but it's like um, – Snapchat isn't in my world. Like that's something that I just go, if I want to send a photo to people that's going to disappear, like why am I sending it to them? Why don't I just text it to them is sort of the old man that I am. Mm-hmm. But you can see that that's a big platform. But even things like Instagram is something that um, we use as part of our DT Talk stuff, but people are using that really well, whether it's the live videos and you see with the um, – all these bands and artists at the moment doing stuff like while they're in isolation. And that's such a cool thing. They're going live on there or posting little videos and you get those little snippets of stuff like that. And, and what I'm learning more of is that people just want these little either live type things or short, sharp hits. And that's something that um, is, I wouldn't call it a gap in the market or anything like that, but that's where I'd be sort of moving towards like through your social media, get these little short, sharp hits of things that people find easy to say. Like even like little tips of stuff that we started doing a few years ago is because of the attention spans. And I think we're learning a lot more is because we're seeing this day to day as teachers looking after a high school teacher. So um, that's quite a bit of our um, target audience, I guess, with what these are, these young millennials are these days. But um, we're looking at that, that, you know, bolding players' names in articles. Like, it's such a simple thing. It's a staple thing that everyone does now. But that's what you're doing. You're looking and you're scanning stuff and you're seeing a name. And, um, you know, we write things in short little paragraphs, whereas, you know, I probably, when I first started and was doing a lot of stuff, I always felt like the more copy that I was writing was better and all that sort of stuff, but it doesn't need to be. And so, yeah, so that's probably another little bit of advice that comes off that of going, think of really good ways to have yourself having unique content that people will access. And then also um, not just unique that they want to access, but that they can engage in as well. So yeah, that would be my advice and and be nice and be friends and don't sort of um, like we've had plenty of people, you know, having a crack at us. Oh yeah. No, they're all has-beens, their content, shit, it's boring, oh, they don't know what they're talking about sort of stuff, like those sorts of things. It doesn't help anyone and probably makes you look like a bigger dick than um, and whatever and you're not going to probably win the fans over. So, um, And that's, I guess, we've always tried to be pretty nice along the way and we always want to help people out. Like I'm, I love chucking a retweet of stuff that I really enjoy myself. So things like, and a perfect example of that is like the Draft Doctor stuff. They've come in and done their things without any form of... Um, they're just great. They're not wankers. They're just fun. And that's the stuff that I like. And it probably helps that, you know, those blokes are my age as well. So that's, um, yeah. that's a thing that um, probably I, I really engage with myself and I love. So yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's an interesting one, but I think just being, being good blokes or blokeettes or whatever you want to say, just being, being nice in there and, and finding your, your place in the community rather than just going and saying, Oh, Kelvin's Craptons, you don't want to have, you know, your copy of that and just do it the same way that Cow does his top five captains or however he writes it because I hardly ever read his article anymore. So I don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. But you don't have time. <laughs> no, I don't. And that's, that's probably another thing. I don't know. We sort of didn't touch on that. But um, back in the day, you know, I'd be engaging with a lot of other stuff, but I just don't have time for that because I certainly work harder um, 
than I ever have. Um, and I just don't get to read or listen to much other content, which is probably a good thing for my own content that I'm not getting um, persuaded to think in different ways or things like that, but, and keeps my stuff original, I suppose. But yeah, I just don't have the time to do that. So, um, and I'll just look at Calvin's article and seriously look at where's his top five, right? Who's my highest ranked player I've got and make that and then just blame him when it all goes to shit. Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that you you don't really have time and it's a, I think it's a blessing that you don't have time to listen to other people's content or consume many people's content because I'm the same. I actively don't listen to other people's content uh, at least until we've published ours mm. or our podcast for the week, for instance, because I just, I even if it's just absorbing one little tip that they say, I don't want to, taking other people's content i want my thoughts to be my thoughts and then then i'll go listen to them and go oh shit that was a good idea i should have stolen that but, it's, <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's a time thing and, I, and i'd love to spend more time talking in the comments to the community of our yeah, own yeah. articles but like one by the time you've written that you've gone yeah i'm super inspired i've written and then you go to post it share it schedule the tweets schedule the facebook post and you're like oh it's i've got to go to bed like i don't yeah, have time yeah. to also then Unfortunately, it's, and it's my favourite part. So maybe I need to prioritise better, but to talk to the community more. And and that can be a hard thing with social media too, because um, I use my Twitter a lot. Um, that's my number one news source. So often I'm checking it, and I'm not checking it at times where it's appropriate. It's a bit like work, you know, when you check your work emails and you don't have time to actually do something about it. That often happens with um, things like Twitter. Is that you just don't have the time then to respond, and some people get a little bit shitty about that, and. I hope that a lot of people understand that, you know, I've just had my tweet deck up here as we're chatting now and I reckon I've probably had, um, geez, what am I looking at? And there's no footy on and I've probably had about 25 um, notifications there from that. So, you know, that sort of thing in that time. And so, um, yeah, and then what that's like when we actually do have footy on and please God, hopefully that comes back soon. Um, I hope that I've got a heap of tweets asking questions where I can try to answer them as much as I can and, you know, have the, the phone glowing at 11pm at night there while Joe's trying to sleep before she's a good person getting up for the gym at 5.30 or whatever, um, whereas I'm laying in bed there replying to tweets, helping people out with some of their uh, fantasy footy problems and probably leading them down the garden path. Yeah. Uh, well, at the very least, we can aim to... Ch- like retweet your tweet so someone else can at least answer it. Yeah, yeah. That's probably my go-to at the moment. I'm like, oh, I don't have time, but hopefully someone else does. It's a nice thing about the community, though. You always see people jump in and um, and try to answer things and give their opinion. And that's probably one of the things that is hard about Twitter is that as soon as you've got your mention in there, you uh, that can clog up your feet a little bit at times when conversations are going or even some nice uh, friendly debates are going on as well. Yes, I have been playing with the Twitter notification settings lately, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Warney, this was uh, fabulous. It was fantastic to speak to you. Uh, Do you have anything coming up that the listeners can keep an eye on or look out for? I don't know. We're going to sort of keep our podcast rolling and have a bit of fun with that, I suppose. I think that's um, what we're about. If it's 20% fantasy footy talk and then uh, 80% of talking about Roy and some of his achievements when he was at uni, um, I don't know if there's some of the things that might pop up in conversation, but I think it's going to be a matter of, and it's going to be over Skype or something like that with the boys. We can sit down and have a beer and, and talk some rubbish, and hopefully that can feel a little bit normal for people that do engage with fantasy footy on a well daily but often a weekly basis with the with the podcast so that's the sort of stuff but as soon as the season kicks in looking forward to seeing 
what this year's content can look like for the rest of it because it's going to be something different to whatever we've ever seen before. So um, I think that's one of the um, nice things. I don't know if you call it a silver lining, that it is going to be different and it's not going to be churning out your same little routine of stuff. It's going to be we're going to have to think differently and if we've got games being played every night or something like that going on, well, that's going to be a complete new thinking for fantasy footy coaches, whether you're playing fantasy classic or super coach or draft or however that is. And, and then I worry about all of the, uh, the development side of things, how that's all going to look within the games and the mechanics of that. But that's all fun. And I think it's fun stuff that we can talk about as we go through. Well, I look forward to crossing those bridges with you when we get there. Because... <laughs> let's, let's hope we get there. That's the thing. It's it, We don't know what it looks like in the future and what it is. But, yeah, the biggest thing, I know it's only been, it hasn't been long, but um, I'm missing footy a lot. Me too. It's just, it breaks up the year and it breaks up the week. And it's, uh, without it, geez, you, you start to realise how long it all goes for. Yeah, and on the way back home from work, this is the sort of stuff I'm having to do now. I would have um, loved to have been coming home to write an article or plan for our Thursday night show or something like that. But Joe sent me a message. Oh, can you go via um, this bloke's place? I've just bought this off Gumtree so we can fix up the shed this weekend. So that's what my life is now. I no longer have the excuse of going, I must watch nine games of football because it's work. <laughs> yep, I've mowed the lawn like... Three times this week. How, how good are our lawns going to be looking? That's one thing. I am taking a little bit of pride in that and that, the old hedge trimmer. I think I've done that more in the last month than what I have uh, in the whole time I've lived here. Yeah, absolutely. My gutters are clean for the first time since I moved in. So. <laughs> good work. Awesome. Thanks a lot, mate. This was awesome. No worries, Lek. Good one and keep up your great work, buddy. Thank you.